Welcome. To Arcade Audio. Welcome to this week's episode of Married with Movies. I'm one of your hosts, Samantha Mullet. Sitting next to me on the couch is your other host, my beautiful husband, Chris Mullet. You right there? I'm fine. I'm great. Don't worry. What was that pause for? Huh? You paused. No pause. You totally paused. You paused. Was the rain outside distracting you? There, it's raining. It, it, yeah. Oh. I forgot. You know what? You know what I love about you? How observing you are. Yeah. And how you've passed it on to our daughter. Yes. Who was, she exited summer camp today, didn't realize I had her scooter outside, and just started walking right by it. Yeah, well, but did you tell her that you had the scooter? Yeah. Oh, well, that's the, I mean, if you hadn't had told her, then it's like, could have been anybody's scooter. How is she supposed to know? But With the same helmet combination? Sure, you don't know. Stranger things have happened. It's Wednesday. Yeah, it sure is. June 28th. Every day of my life is Wednesday. Happy birthday to my best friend, Carly Lee Coffee. What the fuck? I'm not your best friend? No. Yeah, it's true. You're not my best friend either. It's fine. I'm aware. Um, yeah, happy birthday to Carly, and also happy podcast to you listening. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what the fuck this is. Uh, if you're new here, we're married, and uh, despite that, we decide to, spend to share experiences together. with one another, mm-hmm. <laughs> and those experiences are watching movies, and then we talk about those movies, and it's called the Married Movies Podcast. Welcome to it. I don't know. <laughs> we should just go right into the movie from now on, because I don't know how to fluff this beginning part up. Yeah, you really don't know how to fluff anything. Up. That doesn't even mean anything. I mean, it does. Depends on what context, but... Men get fluffed. Women don't get fluffed. That, that's exactly your problem. What? You think women don't get fluffed. No, how do you get fluffed? You wouldn't be fluffed. I don't know. A different, fl- different phrase. I don't know. How do you even know what fluffing is? Because I'm married to you. Fair point. <laughs> uh, so it's been a couple weeks since we recorded, because uh, we had... Last week's episode in the bank already. I think I posted an episode, right? (laughs) Sure. (laughs) I don't know. Hold on. It should be. Hold on. Yep. Friday. There we go. Yep. With Madison Kirby sideways and then Speed Racer was the previous week. Okay. We're good. We're good. We're good. Um, But we were ahead of schedule and it's been a couple weeks because we had a lot going on. Um... First of all, it was Father's Day weekend. Had a nice Father's Day weekend. Um, and during Father's Day, we, we caught a movie, which we'll talk about here in just a minute. And then you went... Oh, I'm sorry. I went to Chicago. Yeah. For a Did quick nothing. 36 hours. Nothing, nothing uh, like I talked important. about on last week's episode. Saw a wrestling show. Went to the Art Institute and hung out um, with And then I friend. turned around and went... To Miami for four to days. Miami to see my grandmother. Yep, and family. Um, so I was home alone in one of the longest four or five days of my entire life. 
I, I believe it or not, I actually missed you. And then you got back, and I was like, oh god. Yeah, this. I had to get, I had to catch up on all of the annoyance I didn't get to do for. Yep, for you have caught up well. It's been, it's worked. Um, oh good. So we've been busy doing all of that. Uh, Basically, the day that uh, I got back, I got, like, no sleep, and we went straight away to Father's Day festivities, which included some bowling and some um, shopping, but we also did for the first time ever, in your and Jillian's life, a drive-in movie. Shout out to the Silver Moon Drive-In in Lakeland, Florida, Uh, even though it told us to get there an hour in advance. And we didn't need to get there in an hour in advance. We we went there an hour in advance, which means we sat in our car for like five hours. But um, we saw the Flash. So the the driving experience overall was was nice. Was good. I enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it, it wouldn't be something sure. I did all the time. Yeah, no. I no. definitely would do it again in the winter when we can sit outside. Yeah, and, be a little and then bit... have a little bit more room in the in the vehicle. Yeah, I I felt squished in. I felt. I already am uncomfortable in a movie theater because I have to have my bag. I gotta have my sweatshirt. Well, I got Jillian's sweatshirt. I gotta have extra things that's so we can share fault. the popcorn. I gotta have snacks. I got you know it's just a lot going on. So it should've been easier because we were in the car, so we had no, more space. No, it was not. I had no space. I was already cramped. Well, couldn't lean back. Jillian couldn't really see. She had to come sit next to me. She was like, it. She could see fine. She was. She couldn't see fine. She couldn't see fine. Why am I just not finding out about all this? Didn't you know that she was sitting with me in the For chair? some part of it, but I thought just because she was tired and wanted snuggles. Uh, no, she, she couldn't really see. Oh, well. Okay, so fine. So the drive-thru didn't go great, I guess, apparently. No, no, it was a lot of fun. I loved it. Um, it was a great experience. And Jillian won her first animal out of a... A crane, crane machine, machine, correct. After I won one as well. Uh, <laughs> you had to throw that in there. She's not better than me. <laughs> Remember this when you're hearing this way back when. Or uh, hearing this way? in the future. Way in the future. Uh, so yes, we saw The Flash. And uh, it took me a little while to uh, figure out my thoughts on it. Because it's, it's, a, it's a very polarizing movie. Largely the consensus, especially from the second week box office drop, is that... Well, it's obviously not one of the greatest superhero movies ever made. It's like true. what? Like it was pitched Loud to everybody. Um, I think at the end of the day, saying it was fine is fine. the best compliment I can give it. I would skew more towards it being a thumbs down for me. As opposed to a thumbs up. This is what I wrote on Letterboxd. So I'm going to start doing this when we, you know, talk about movies. So I, I didn't give it a recommend. So seeing Michael Keaton as Batman was great. And there was many neat little surprises along the way. But it doesn't make up for the fact that this was basically a bad PlayStation 2 game in film form. Like, I think that's a good way to describe it. saturated with the multiverse. Ezra Miller is just as distracting on screen as he is off, as they are off of it. Mm-hmm. And the final third of the movie is absurdly bad. And on top of that, it was one of the worst looking movies I've ever seen in my entire life. And it's 2023. And this movie had hundreds of millions of dollars put behind it. And was delayed 
and reshot and had a bunch of stuff changed to it mm-hmm. that should have made it look better, and it just didn't. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it was it was was something. <laughs> but there was, like I said, a lot of good surprises, some decent stuff sprinkled throughout there, but on the whole, some of its parts, not for me. Yeah, that, that, that about sums it up. Don't call it the best in the business for nothing. Um... Did you you watch something that I did not see while you were in Miami? Oh, yeah, yeah, I did. I got to see a movie. I got to watch Elemental mm-hmm. with with Jillian and my my parents. You know, it was a, it, it was actually pretty pretty cute. I liked it. I enjoyed it. It wasn't one of the, like the best Pixar movies ever, but it was cute. Um, I don't know why it was getting you know kind of looked over a little bit there, but I, I enjoyed it. I think it was one of the most poorly advertised movies ever, which didn't help, which wasn't bolstered by the fact that it was one of the most over-advertised movies ever. Yeah, it was super, so yeah. every single movie, even if it wasn't a kid's movie, I felt like we were getting inundated with the trailer for it, like yeah. a year out, and the trailer wasn't good, and then we just kept seeing it. Yeah. But, I, I, I mean, I think it's a good movie, and, you know, I think that a lot of people will relate to elements of it. Ha <laughs> ha, you see what I did there? Um, but, yeah, overall, I thought it was it was enjoyable. Jillian loved it, so. Good, hey, that's, that's, that's all that matters. That's the main thing. I'll catch it when it hits uh, Disney Plus in a couple months, basically. Um, I have officially bought my tickets for... July 21st, Barbie at 4.10 p.m., Oppenheimer at 10.40 a.m., IMAX. It's going to be an experience. Mm. I cannot wait. Have fun with that. I am so excited. It's going to be amazing. Um, I don't think there's anything else. No, I don't think so. To discuss. I think we can get right into it. Yeah, you're you're back, and we um, have have changed the schedule up a little bit again. In case you couldn't tell, uh, we basically are going to uh, post postpone the fast series until we are done. Till we're done with this podcast. Well, no, until we get past uh, episode four fifty, because mm. episode four fifty will be Interstellar. Uh, in case we haven't announced that already, um, which is a longer movie, but. We have this in our Wrap It Up series, plus another movie I just purchased to do for our Wrap It Up series. Wrap It Up! And then um, between our next guest star show and uh, the movies we already have from our camp pick and our nomination, I was like, you know what, let's just wait until we get through. By the time we get the Fast uh, fast series, you know, post 450, we'll be back from our vacation to Chicago. Jillian will be back in school. Things will have settled enough to where we can start doing that. Plus... If we have off, you know, in between time over the next few weeks, it gives us more time to knock those things out sure. from there. So we're going to postpone those. So August will be fast month, essentially. Excuse me. Here on Married Movies. So we did today. This might be a record for us in terms of a movie that we're doing for the podcast that, uh, besides Scoob, which I guess doesn't really count because, like, we bought it off of, like, you know, the weird 2020... Yeah. Movie world, as it were, you know, purchased it. We t- essentially still own it on like Apple or whatever. 
But the gap in time between when a movie was released in theaters and a movie we're doing for the podcast. Yes. This came out in March, and we were just getting ready to watch it for uh, our own enjoyment off of streaming. And we took advantage of a Target, a uh, pretty good Target movie sale, because I haven't bought movies in a while. So we just got it, which means it all money goes in the queue. We watched Creed 3. We did. Because we've watched all the other Rocky movies and all the, uh, the both other Creed movies. So I will read the box now. You can't run from your past. After dominating the boxing world and with his career and family life thriving, Adonis Creed finds himself challenged in the ring by his childhood friend Damien, a former boxing prodigy fresh out of prison. But this will be more than just a fight. Adonis must put his for- oh, <laughs> Adonis must put his future on the line to battle a man with nothing to lose. I was thinking like, did I mess something up previously there? And I got my own head. That's fine. That's one. I'm still up like two on your ass. Three on your ass? Three. Three? Perfect. What's what? How many numbers are those there? No, one second. You need to know? Because we're playing what? 20? 25? 25. 25. You have six and I have nine. <coughs> oh, nine. <coughs> Excuse me. Bless me. Oh, That's I fun. sneezed all day. Yeah, which means we're, we're playing 25 then. Well, oh, excuse me. So, just didn't have, this obviously is not a movie we can take Jillian to see necessarily. What? So when we get to, uh, you know, these sort of movies, we have to unfortunately pick and choose what we get our date nights for. and just, Exactly, and it just didn't work out. What also, so Creed is one of, I can look at our... It, it, our it's our, one our, of our, our ten, well, well, perfect I, I, Yeah, I was going to count. So two, four, six, wait, two, four, six, eight, ten, twelve, fourteen, sixteen, eighteen, twenty. Twenty-two movies, according to my crude count from the shadow box of our pins from across the room. Um, in our perfect ten list, the, the first Creed is one of them. A couple of the Rocky movies also did, did very, very well there. But... Um, yeah, yeah, we had we had a couple seven, a seven, a seven and a half, an eight. Yeah, you, yeah, you mm-hmm. you weren't the the biggest fan of the Rocky movies compared to me, which you know I. I no, we were I pretty even to be quite honest. So it was five and a half for Rocky. Mm-hmm. We both gave it a five. Which and is a half. controversial, but okay. Eight and a half. You so the second Rocky, you gave it an eight and a half. I gave it a seven and a half. Mm-hmm. Third Rocky, you gave it an eight. I give it a seven. Fourth Rocky, you gave it a four and a half. I give it a four. Yep. Fifth Rocky, you gave it a one and a half. I give it a two. Mm-hmm. We both gave Rocky Balboa a seven. Mm-hmm. We both gave Creed a ten. Yeah. And, and this then, is what I'm building up to. Yeah. Creed two was on the lower end. Yeah, you gave it a five. Mm-hmm. I give it a four and a half. Right. So I think that that and that also kind of soured our, you know, uh urgency so to, to, to see it that did plus the news that came out kind of right along the time this movie came out it was probably a month afterwards no yeah was Jonathan it? Major news absolutely was it that this, this came out that so close? so Ant-Man and the Wasp I think came out in April Ant-Man and the Wasp came out uh, no it came out in February sorry it came out in February 17th Creed oh, three, wow. yeah, it was like right in, but be- yeah, it was came like- out on March. No, came out on March third, and the Jonathan Major stuff I think happened in April. I'm pretty sure I'm looking it up right now. No, March twenty fifth. So three weeks after this movie yeah. came out, 
when this movie was, you know, killing it in the box office, and this movie made, you know, $140, $150 million, which is pretty good for, you know, post-COVID times, considering, you know, the first two, I think, did good business, but didn't do as good as that. This movie was marketed well and, you know, had a lot of good reviews and good momentum. Yeah, I mean, and you had Jonathan Majors, who before that announcement was hot at the time. You had yeah. Michael B. Jordan. And his directorial I, debut. Yeah, I mean... Yeah, so I was amped to see it. Um, as was despite I. Despite that. And, uh... It's better than Creed 2. I think it's, I think it's, I think it's better than Creed 2. I don't know. Really? Okay, so you weren't a fan of it. No, no, I thought it was uh, uh, mediocre. Okay. I thought it was mediocre, especially compared to Creed. So, I mean, it pales in comparison to the first Creed. It pales in comparison to the first Creed. And I don't know if it was better than the second. I think that there were some things that were better than the second one, but then there were some things that were not better than the second one. I think that there are two or three things about this movie that are so good that it, it, makes up it for tints it. my glasses to make this mm. be better than Creed 2. But there are some things that are, to me, just as bad and maybe yeah. a little worse than yeah. Creed 2. So no, that, that's, I mean, that's it. So let's break it down. Um, because I, I'm glad you kind of felt the way. Because as, as, as we were sitting here watching it, you know, we were both pretty stoic and just... Taking and also in. we were exhausted. Yeah, but neither one of us had a very good day yesterday. Um, which probably didn't help the movie's chances. But <laughs> I, I was kind of looking forward. Like, oh, this is going to lift my spirits a little bit. It's a Rocky movie. Right, it's going to have or it's that. A, or it's, a, you know, it's, it's in the Rocky universe. Right. So the first thing, I knew this was the case going in. I knew there was no Rocky in this. It was notable as it was the first quote-unquote Rocky movie without Rocky. Even though, it's fine. It's, we've moved on from his story. It is okay. But his figure looms so large and casts such a broad shadow that there were two or three moments in this movie where I was like, we could have fucking used, like, Rocky in this scene. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, after Creed, like, I hate these, these projects now that don't take into account people looking at the lore and, like, the relationship the characters have and not a, even just addressing them. Like, so a lot of people were complaining, this is Ted Lasso finale, spoiler alerts here, but a lot of people were complaining about the fact that Ted is not seen in Beard's, Beard's wedding. wedding ceremony, right? Um, people were bothered by the fact that Rocky is not addressed when Creed's mom dies. Like, you know, even just a throwaway line of, of uh, fucking Tessa Thompson being like, oh, uh... Rocky, you know, sends his best. He sends flowers or something like just something to address it. You know what I mean? Right, like right, right. it just—it's odd for it not to be there. But I felt it was odd. Like he didn't—he didn't have a scene where he was helping him cope with that, or a scene where you know, little Duke brings him in to talk some sense into him, or you know, like it's not his story anymore. But he can still be part of the narrative. Right, I think that's and, a really good point. And to just have it be absent hurt the movie for me because I kept thinking of how it would be better if he was around and then he wasn't around. So that stuck out to me, number one. Number two, another thing that's happening a lot as of late, and again, you can make the, the Ted Lasso comparison, and this is the problem I had with Creed 2 as well, is there's so much in this universe with Adonis Creed 
that we just don't get to see and experience. So we're on the third movie, and mind you, the first one is all about his rise to the top. Mm-hmm. Becoming. Be- becoming. Becoming Creed. And the second one, like, he's the world champion, I think, right? This one, like, he's old and broken down and, like, retiring. And he's been out of the game for, like, three years from the first fight we see in the movie. And he's got a kid. Which is fine. Like, he had the daughter in the last movie. And, it, and you know, the it was already revealed that she was going right. to have the hearing, the same hearing problems. Um, right, but, but, like, it's not a baby. No, like, she's, like... Like, she's, like, grown up. Yeah. She's a big kid. I, I just... I don't feel it's earned. And I, I'm, like, I would have liked to have seen more of this rise. Again, Rocky yeah. is different. And Rocky three, so he's the world champion and he's he's successful. But we see these little montages of him having these fights and becoming successful. We see him in, like, all the notoriety and fame that he has. And, you know, the struggles that um, he comes to grips with being that celebrity and uh, fucking Mick, like, setting him up with all these softballs at times. Like, it feels like a narrative. It feels like a story. Every time we are dropping it on Creed, it's like, well, he's finishing this big chapter, and here just happens to be a piece of it. Yeah. And you don't have any of the emotional weight of what you're in right. at the moment because we haven't seen or felt the journey that he's been at. Right. So, like, the movie literally, besides, like, the, the, the 10 or 15 minute extended sequence establishing him and Dame as, as kids, which had way too much foreshadowing, but was ultimately fine. You know, I, I was okay with that stuff. Yeah, I was okay um, with it, but yeah, Especially because both kids, especially the kid Adonis. They, they were really good. He was good. really good at feeling like Michael B. Jordan. Really good at be embodying yeah. that, exactly. As soon as we're done with that, like, boom, we're then in this. And it's 15 years later. He's having his last fight. Against the guy that, you know, was his big rival in the first movie. He's beating him in two rounds. And he's got all this, like, special, like, wisdom and mind. that he didn't have at all before. I, I just was not a fan of, like, the way that we were plunked into that world. Yeah. And how we just kind of missed out on it. Plus, also, we'll get into this with LVP. Also, wasn't a fan of a lot of the drapings of the current modern sports world that we were in with just some of the commentators and announcers and sports figures. Mm, that mm. It, 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 we'll get to it later. Um, so already to me, I felt off on a bad foot with a lot of that stuff. Um, but it wasn't all bad. Was there anything you particularly liked in terms of scenes in the um, movie? I liked. I liked. How little Duke was still the same. He looked exactly the same. I love that uh, Wood Harris has now reached the point in his career where he just looks like himself at the end of Remember the Titans. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly, <laughs> exactly. He, but he like. But it's just him. It's just him. Yeah. He just is the same. I, I liked. I I liked um, the foil that that he he served as. Um, I I liked the family scenes that most I think from this movie like the the scene with um you know Adonis and and Bianca and mm-hmm. uh, Amara and and the mom 
grandma. Felicia right? Rashad. Felicia yeah. Rashad and like um she's braiding the hair and they're signing and then like the scene at like the when they go to the deaf school because she gets in trouble. The sign thought, language that stuff was, was a great. Big win for me. I thought that it was done really well. It was I integrated. Really, it was integrated so well. I loved it. But I just loved all the family. I love like the the end scene when it's just like the family. I liked that. Like that to me is the heart of what this movie is. But. And it's also a good juxtaposition from, I think, one of the biggest criticisms of the original Rocky franchises is how some of that stuff, of course, it's the backbone of the Rocky and Adrian relationship, but in later movies, it got to be a little grating and irritating of, like, Adrian constantly, like, kind of whining and complaining, and Rocky kind of, like, mm-hmm. you know, adhering to her, and then later on when his kid gets involved, it becomes even more, like, corny, like... This is a good job of making it feel earnest and real and heartfelt. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. yeah, like I agree, it was, was part of the highlights. Yeah. I, so all the stuff that I liked the most was when we got to just focus on the Dame and Donnie relationship and interaction. Like their first kind of couple interactions. Oh man. Is so like. Tense that and awkward tension, and awkward. yeah, that awkward tension. It's really well done. It's palpable. It's and that's my note exactly. It's palpable. It's very well done. The chemistry between the two of them is really good. Oh, it's it's excellent. They play off each other really, really well. And so you get like, you keep thinking you're on this upward trajectory of right. their camaraderie growing, just as acclimating right. himself to society. Exactly. But you still feel this undercurrent of there's something Something's up. off. Something's, Something's off. here, you know. Then they're fighting to be the alpha, and then... Yeah, there's just all this looming, yep. pending shit. And it does get a little tedious to a point, because that's up... That's basically like the first half of the movie. Like, I'd say the midway point of the movie is when Dame finally gets his fight with uh, Felix and wins the title and you know kind of you know the ruse is so up. many swerves what was your number 18 okay not that many um but they came back to back baby uh, well yeah and that's well I mean so swerve they were very predictable like as, sure. soon, as soon as Drago which is just crazy that Creed and Drago are just like boys basically like still you know, they're not like buddy buddy, but you know, working together and promoting and yeah, doing whatever. Business partners. Yeah, sure. Um like you get beat the fuck up. As, yeah, as soon, as soon as like that happens, somebody. you just, you, just you know, know that you it's You know it's coming, but it's still counted as a swerve. Sure. Um Because look, it that, may not. So that whole sequence of the actual fight like kinda of bothered me a little bit, so Sure, I think at one point like he kind of clips his leg a little bit, and you know I, I don't know the 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 full rules and legality of boxing moves about like the arm punches and stuff, but like to me like he just you know he might have accidentally cheated once or twice, and then he just fucking won, and it becomes this like big awkward mess, like it just felt very overblown and over dramatized to like get us to that point, and well I I. I don't think that you can punch, like, downwards like he was doing. Like, he punched down onto his arm, mm-hmm. right? I don't think you can do that. Um, I'm not sure. My grandfather was, like, a semi-professional boxer. Really? Yeah, he tried to teach my mom how to box and broke her nose when she was, like, eight. <laughs> so this leads to a very interesting conversation I wanted to have. My verbatim notes were... 
oh man, the daughter fighting at school is going to be an interesting conversation to have on the podcast. Let's have it. Because... Because she's not going to do it, and I'm going to punch the kid in the face. <laughs> okay, so never mind. It's not an interesting conversation. We're both in the same manner. Because Jillian's not going to do anything, because that's not how she is, but she's going to be yeah, it'll, upset and cry. It'll she's take us home prodding her and to get tell the information us, Right, we're going to have to like beg her or yell at her to and tell us. And I she's going to tell us, yeah. and I'm going to go ape shit. And Who the beat fuck is Bernard? <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna, Where does Bernard live? I'm gonna beat the. That's a terrible Roy Kent. I thought it was fine at first. <laughs> Keep doing it though. I'm Roy Kent. Fuck. Oh no, that's bad. That's, <laughs> that's all bad. But I'm gonna end up beating the shit out of the kid, especially if it's a girl. Girls oh, yeah. are the worst. Uh, I'll beat the. If a girl did that to Jillian's artistic, creative drawing, I would. Ooh. I should probably edit, but I will happily punch a young girl in the throat if she. I will my cut her hair. Throat. That's the worst I'll thing you could do. I'll cut her fucking. I'll cut her veins. Th- <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I mean, <laughs> yeah, fucking get to the worst. And as soon as Jillian Jillian gets like bullied, it's gonna be a problem. But like, yeah, for the bully, you can't. Start, for the like, bully, I'm just gonna tell Jillian like, look, I don't, I don't care about. Snitch. If some kid's mean to you and rip something up, go get them in fucking trouble. Like, yeah. uh, just don't. If they if they swing at you, then you can swing. Yeah. But until then, just use your words yeah, and make their kind. life a living hell. Right, but that's why I like try to teach her. Like, I'm pretty passive. I don't know if you've noticed this, Chris. Uh-huh. I'm pretty passive aggressive, yep. and I can I I can usually say things that piss people off. Yep. And uh, I think that that's that's a better way to win a fight. And also, I feel like intellectually, Jillian is going to be able to... that That's how she's going to fight. She's never going to be the strongest person in the room. Like, let's just be real, right? Physically, probably not. Yeah, no. yeah, physically. Mm. But she'll be able to use her intellect and use, you know, her wit to uh, degrade people so they feel like shit. <laughs> and I'm okay with it. So that that's kind of uh, where we're going to go. That's what cool. I'm going right, to pass good. on to my daughter. All right, good. We're in lockstep, then. Never mind. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, so everything that kind of plays out post that, like, the scene on the beach it is fine. It just... I, I, I was like, who the fuck are all these people? So it is, it is a little know? odd. Like, that... he goes from having nobody. He doesn't want a handout. He's got, all like, nothing. But then he wins the championship, but all of a sudden... He's like super great well, popular. Like so, the winner's purse is a thing when when you are like the heavyweight champion of boxing. Yeah, you do get cool. si- a sizable amount of for money that, for that party for all of those people who knew. Sure, who those people were. Well, the apartment also, he watched the the that he called in from was that his. Oh, house? no, just me had that later. Like all of a sudden, he's got some girl. He's had one fight. He's like living it up in this apartment. No, it was like a, gl- a house with like big glass. No, windows. it was definitely like it was definitely like a high rise apartment somewhere, like in like what? L.A. or something. Oh, okay, yeah, because that's cheap. Oh, I know, but what I'm saying is. Like, you get hangers on, and you get people that are like, hey, man, let me get you them stu- some stuff. Just to, like, be around them and also, you know, start pitching them fucking projects. Oh, he's fucking tits up right away, probably, as soon as he loses that belt at the end of the movie uh-huh. from, from everything he's got going on. Um, so, and then it gets melodramatic. Of course, of course, his mom dies after they argue about, you know, her hiding the Dane's letter. letters from him, and then she reveals that, you know, Dame was the one that swore to take out Drago. Um, 
And I was like, man, where's Rocky? But this, like, her death scene was pretty emotional and, and heavy. Um, I, yeah. It, it, you know, she did a good job of it. Uh, but then you just get, like, I wasn't a big fan. Like, if I'm watching a, a Creed or Rocky movie, the fucking training montage has got to fucking kill it. And yeah. this one was just boring to me. Like It was boring. Like this they fighting set, prep workout montage with the two of them did not work. They set up, you know, how rough he is, and then he's still fucking dragging a plane. <laughs> I wish, I, I wish. I haven't run in, like, months. Okay, I ran one oh, day. I haven't ran in years. I needed to take I've, a shower today walking back <laughs> while I watched Jillian ride a scooter. <laughs> I was exhausted. Yeah, yeah. I wish at my worst I could pull a plane. I wish I could pull some Pokemon at my worst. Fucking Snorlax could pull 10 Pokemon. Yes, I can. I can't even pull 10 Pokemon. Samantha, you can't pull 10 peppers out of the fridge. I'm not Peter. You're the worst. <laughs> it's so funny, Chris. You laugh. Uh-huh. Um, no, I could. I, I, you underestimate me, I think. Sure. Uh, I helped you with move this couch yesterday. Do not give me fucking. I helped you. Don't shut I the helped fuck you lift up. this up. And you helped me with nothing. <laughs> I helped. You are I was as helpful. It and I pulled it, and then it slotted in together. You are a bold faced liar. I am not a liar. Yes, you are. You didn't do anything. I did all of it. It's all about perception. I did it. This is exactly the type of horseshit that Donald Trump says. About, like, why they're right. You're wrong. Mm-hmm. But look what I've done to you. You are falling apart. And that's what I'm going to teach Jillian to do. Turn the table. Come at me. <laughs> what were you talking about? I don't want to speak to you anymore. Oh, I'm just speak going to, to talk. the people. I am. I'm going to talk to the people about this movie. Speak, that to, I didn't speak to the person listening. To our show. Um, I did like when they're fighting. Uh, you know, obviously, like, they have, like, whatever. Um, oh, I didn't talk about the entrances for the fight. So I'll talk about Yo. that later. So when it's Felix and Dame fighting, and those, the entrance, just the juxtaposition of just Dame coming in. No nonsense. No nonsense, just coming in. And then the show that is put on by Felix with Mm -hmm. the costumes and the, you know, grand... That's boxing now. That's like, if you watch like a Tyson Fury, Deontay Wilder fight, they're coming in like these like fucking 100 pound outfits and all this fucking pomp and circumstance and shit. It's like pro wrestling. I mean, it is. It's It's always entertainment. It's always taken. Muhammad Ali took from Gorgeous George. You know what I mean? Like that's that's how boxing got elevated to kind of the place that it was, um, you know, back in the 50s and 60s and whatnot. But uh, the, the way that the... One thing I can't take away from this movie is, honestly, how impressive of a directorial debut it was for Michael B. Jordan from a style aspect. Oh my I gosh, think, yeah. I think the scope and the way that they shot the stadiums and the entrances and the fight sequences, he was very blatantly um, taking some anime influence with the way oh, that they, absolutely. Were, they were he's doing a, things. He's a huge anime fan, so it makes a lot of sense. Um, that fight between them... When it's silent. Best part of the movie by far. And there's no one. Like, it's just, 
you're transported, they are transported to this empty area and it's just them in the ring and it is silent and mm. all you hear is the punching that was beautifully done. that was that was it what was, i was referring and to and then the music just starts picking it wow that's what i was referring to earlier when i was wow. like there's a couple beats and moments and things in this yeah. movie that just yeah raise it to me we above Cree 2 mm-hmm. and that's one because it starts before then like in that second round when they're kind of even, then they're going tit for tat, and they're taking advantage of one another's weaknesses. Ooh, There's sure. that moment of recognition with one another where they walk to their their corners, and they're like, "Oh fuck! Like this is gonna be a fucking war, and I fucking still care about this guy." And then it flashes back to them as kids in the corner, and then, like you said, the arena's empty, and then things just keep getting added bit by bit. All of a sudden, there's like a prison cage behind one of them. Oh my gosh, And then yes. the music builds, and the lights build, and then boom, all of a sudden, it's like at the end of the fight. That is what I wanted from this movie the entire time. Yes. And it just didn't give it to me up until the last little bit. And then it gives it to us, and then it felt very fucking abrupt and was missing something at the end. Like, they do that, and it's the 12th round, and you're like, okay, that's an interesting you know, way to basically show the passage of time in the fight. Because normally it's just the back and forth and the cuts in the corner and the talks and whatever. And then you go to the final fight. That's not any different. But, like, there wasn't really any, like, callbacks or references or anything to Donnie winning the fight. Like, I was expecting, like, a checkmate. Like, they had the checkmate bit earlier on. Right. That's not a reference. Or I was expecting a rehash of Donnie kind of breaking down you know, what Dame's weakness was, like he did for Conlon earlier on. No, it's just like he kind of gets the upper hand and he knocks him out. Um, and then they, and then there's like a little bit of the um, the victory uh, theme, the Rocky victory uh-huh, theme, uh-huh. you know, tweaked a little bit. And then like they're, you know, then that, and then that... they're their conversation in the locker room. And I was like, really? Like it was missing this umph that didn't match what we just saw. And didn't match kind of the groundwork that the movie had laid previously. Right, right, right. It, it was it was like starting to crescendo, and then it just fell flat. Then it, yeah, it, it, it was starting to crescendo, and then it just and then it was post crescendo all right, of a sudden. Right, right. <laughs> like you didn't see that culmination, which is which is important. Yeah. Um, and then like the the scene with them in the locker room, kind of making amends was fine. And like you said, him playing with his family, I appreciated. But yeah. um, I. Another thing I can give the movie credit for, and we've kind of referenced it throughout because of the lack of Rocky and kind of the lack of the references, it does do its own thing. Like, sure. there's no callbacks or fan service or, like, Easter eggs to things that I think a lot of movies like this get lost in the sauce, especially, like, those next-generation sequels. Yeah. You figure this is what? This is the 10th Rocky movie? We had six original rock. No, ninth. We had six original right. Rockies, and then we have had three Creed. So it's the ninth Rocky movie. Um, you know, like they could have easily made Dame's trainer like Clubber Lang. You know, or you could have very easily yeah. had you know this, that, or the other character or line rehashed or something. No, like it's its own thing. You know, you don't need to see Donnie revisiting Philadelphia and running up the steps, or you didn't need to see. Besides Rocky himself, besides Sylvester Stallone, mm-hmm. I appreciated the fact that it has established its world and we just kind of experience and live it and that's 
Yeah. That's that's totally that's totally good. But like, I don't know where you go from here. Like, they apparently are gonna do a Creed four. He already retired in this one fucking once. I don't I don't see what is mm. left on the fucking teeth there because they they wasted to me in the past two movies so much of his ascension in his story from already making it there, already thriving in it to the extent where he is already retired because he is already so worn down apparently. Right. And it was also weird to see like I think Jonathan Majors is in his mid early to mid thirties and like them being called like they're basically portraying older than what they are, which is a rare thing. Yes. That happens in the movies. Right. But I mean, and they say like, "Oh, got a lot of young, like young kids in here." Well, it's a, a it's like a, a young kids game, and, and it is sure. But like the lat, the first Creed came out in twenty sixteen, twenty fifteen. Not sure. I'm not sure how old they're supposed to be. Well, Jonathan Majors is thirty three. The first Creed came out in twenty fifteen. So you figure more time has passed in the universe than in real life, because uh, hold on, I want to see how much time has passed between Creed and Creed Two. Uh, three years after, um, so between Creed and Creed Two, three years have passed. So the movie Creed Two starts with Donnie winning the world title. Um, there. Right? This movie starts... It just says present day. So that doesn't help us. Yeah. But I, I, but it's pretty sure it's been several years. Because also, the Conlon fight to where we go... Um, it's three years. He's retired for three years. I think he's in his early 30s. I think that they're right about the age that they are. No, it can't be because... Um, he was in his late twenties. Because Damon was in prison too. for eighteen years, right? So what? Adonis was fifteen, and he was a little bit older. Maybe he was eighteen. Okay, so, so mid thirties. Like I don't know. It's really, really pushing it with Th- with some of that stuff. Thirty five, thirty six. I guess it it was it was. Pushing. I mean, he was a Golden Glove like. He was a junior amateur. Junior amateur. I don't know how old you have to be. I, to I don't know. We should have asked some of those people. In, uh, and when we were oh, in yeah. Philadelphia. In Philadelphia, they were having. They had, they had like a Golden Gloves tournament at the hotel we were staying. We went to go uh, see Taylor Swift. Um, a couple other quick shout outs before we get into MVP and LVP. Uh, fucking Creed's house is sick. Yo. That house. Like, I want that bar slash trophy room. Buddy. Which is basically as big as our whole fucking house to begin with. I I, I know it just was just like the lights and it was the beautiful. feel. It was so fucking sick. Beautiful. One of my favorite houses I've ever seen in a movie. Legit. Um, it was beautiful. So I, I mentioned it earlier. One thing I didn't necessarily like, and I don't know how why this bothers me. I don't like in sports movies when all of a sudden we're put into the sports world through. Like something that actually exists. So like the the Showtime sports video like documentary footage like building up to the Dame Felix fight. Mm. I don't know why that bothers me. Same thing with I don't like seeing, you know, Adonis on first take. Which, mind you, first take was on like at 7 o'clock at night live when that's on at like 10 o'clock in the morning. Uh, like I, I'd rather it be fictional things. Yeah. 
Because it, no, I agree. it, it takes me out of the world sure. and I bring in my preconceived notions about the, the real life people involved. Let's get into LVP. <laughs> um, golden gloves are, you have to be 19 to 40. Oh, fuck. Okay. So. Let's say he was 19. Yeah, so he's like, he's in his late 30s, yeah. early 40s maybe? Sure, sure. He's the same age as us. Gross. Um, uh. So, my entire LVP list is made up of like people just doing their actual jobs in this movie. That's so mean. <laughs> it's not because they, I don't like any of them in those jobs, and so when I see them in a movie trying to be fictionalized versions of themselves, it bothers me. So, besides Mauro Ranallo, who we didn't see on camera and that made me mad, but as soon as I heard Mauro's voice, I was like, hey, Mauro Ranallo, let's go, buddy. And he got one Mamma Mia in, so shout out to Mamma Mia! Mamma Mia! Uh, shout out to Mauro. Uh, so my list is Stephen A. Smith, naturally. Course. But he he sadly is like at the bottom of this list. I mean, I think I think he he did what he was supposed yeah, I know. to do. Like I know. I know. But he was supposed to be kind of like that abrasive jack off. Like, I mean, that's like what he is. I don't think he deserves an LVP for that, to be quite honest. You're right, you're right. So I have two other ones. The final ring announcer, this like white fucking nasty-haired fucking dread dude who apparently, like, all of his shtick he normally does, like, the classic way of repeating the guy's last names again and everything. Just something about his delivery and the way he presented himself introducing the first, the, the final fight, I absolutely fucking hated. Drove me nuts. Really? Still not my answer. My answer is Todd Grisham. He is the play-by-play man for the first fight and for the final fight. He is probably in the top five worst WWE announcers slash interviewers slash hosts that has ever lived. He was with the company for, God, over ten years. In oh, well, late, it must not have been that bad if he had a job the, over ten no, years. No, but he just... He came, he was basically like almost like a throwback to like the mid nineties like Todd Pettengill era of like kind of corny trying to be funny white dude that just doesn't fucking. Damien was make... eighteen. Okay, all right. So, so he was eighteen. Yeah, so he's thirty six. Yeah. Um, but I knew he was like a mixed martial arts commentator now, and he just kept failing upwards in the WWE. I mean, he was a backstage announcer. He would host like one of their bullshit like. Online shows. Oh, yeah. I don't like this guy at all. And then eventually he became like the lead commentator on SmackDown and ECW. And he's notorious for just his like awfully misplaced tones. One of the most famous things is when Christian came back from TNA for several years and he came back as a surprise in ECW. Todd Grisham's call was, it. it's Christian. That's it? That was it. And it's like, Man. fuck you, dude. Like, you suck. So, and we've been, we've analyzed this in every other Rocky movie up to this point, that kind of is a very crucial and important role in these movies, because they're telling the story to the people at home, and they're the ones that are really talking and having the majority of the lines in the big scenes throughout the movie. So, it removes me from the world that I'm in if he's distracting, and he's distracting to me in two different ways. He's distracting me because I don't like him in general. Because I think he's bad at his job. And 
in the real world, and he's still being bad in this movie. So he's distracting because he's taking away from the fight that I'm watching. So, um, and the woman that he was with in the first fight was also bad. But apparently she's just an actual boxer, so I, I'll, I'll let oh, her. Oh, I didn't. Yeah, I, I. Yeah, she. I like if she'd been in the second scene, if she'd been in the second fight, it would have been her, no questions asked. Because I wrote her down first. I wrote commentators parentheses Grisham, but actually this woman is bad. And then I wrote Grish again in capital letters when he was fucking back for the second fight. Besides that, I don't really have anybody else. I didn't I, like. I didn't like Felix's mom. I didn't like Felix's mummy. That's what I, I like written Felix's down. Felix's mom. I didn't like her. I she thought she felt it, so unnecessary. So unnecessary, out of place, unnecessarily like aggressive. Yeah, she had no deal besides just being an annoying voice to foil things. Yeah. Um. So I had her written down in case you were going to argue with me on Why any would of the commentators. I argue with- well, because. You could argue that they are a little inconsequential as a whole, and they're, you know, we're penalizing them for doing their jobs in a fictional manner. Um, so stop digging in your butt. What are I you doing? Um, so I wrote them down just so I can have an actual actor here, but if I had to vote something, I'd go for Todd Grisham. So. Okay, we can do Todd Grisham. Perfect. All right, so Todd Grisham is the LVP of Creed Three. Uh, MVP. I'm interested to see your thoughts. So, I thought that the main people were really good. Mm-hmm. I thought they did a great job. And I, I'm surprised that we haven't talked about her yet. Mm-hmm. About Tessa Thompson. She's great. She's fantastic. I think she's underused in this movie. She's always been underused. Always. She's underused particularly in all in this, of them. Particularly in this one, I think she takes a... a, a too much of a backseat, and I can't I can't give it to you because I think she's fantastic. Dame Dame touches on it a lot, and I'm waiting for that moment of her to for this flip for the flip switch of you know basically running it until the wheels fall off in terms of her mm-hmm. her uh, her hearing and her career and her work, and then we just never get it. It's just a lost opportunity to me. Um, look. He's almost definitively a piece of shit, but goddamn is Jonathan Majors not fucking incredibly magnetic and imposing and terrifying in this movie. He is. He's if 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 he was not in this movie, this movie would be worse than Creed Two. He single handedly to me elevates this movie. I think this is Mike, Michael B. Jordan's best performance as Creed III. I think III. he does a great job as well. I think emotionally, you can feel the torment that he's going through. He still has a couple moments in every movie I see him in that it he feels put on to me. He, this is still his best performance, whereas Jonathan Majors totally disappears. In this character yeah. for me. Oh, I, I, I agree with like you. That, like, you cannot discern, and he is so in every moment that he is in, maybe almost to a fault, because I think the the word out on him now, besides the fact that he is a, you know, a fucking uh, domestic abuser, is, allegedly, is that he very much is one of those, like, acting school guys, and kind of like like, buys into his shit a little bit and feels a little, like, elevated oh, and on a perch behind it. you can tell that he loves the smell of his own shit. Yeah. You can tell that. 
In this movie, I think, though, Absolutely. It, it, it works and it feels earned. <laughs> so that's, so that, that's I what. I think it, uh, yeah, I mean, I think, I think he also has, like, just some of the line delivery that he has is just really Oh, his, face, his facial his expressions. His facial expressions and just the way he delivers it. Like, try spending half your life in a cell watching someone else live your life. Mm-hmm. And just, like, the way he says it, it's like, oh. His pained expressions and his you can hear analysis it. You can of hear it in his voice. the life that Adonis is living when he goes over for dinner and when they have that first lunch. And, like, you can tell that, like, he's happy, but he's playing this con, essentially. Right. But he's also dealing with, you know... That jealousy. Jealousy, but also yeah. probably, like, PTSD from, like, being back in the real world and not being able to adjust... Living half yeah. of his life, like it's he so. He was multi- a kid when he went away. It's so wonderfully multi-layered. It really is of a character. It is, and it's it's kind of like almost the most compelling. I mean, I think it is the most compelling villain in the history of the Creed franchise. Because at the end of the day, like Apollo is not really a compelling villain. Clubber Lang is an, an a charismatic, entertaining villain, but he's just Clubber Lang. Drago is intriguing because of you know some of the, the other Cold War stuff. Um, but there's nobody else, especially not in the Creed franchise, that has established himself yeah. you know, to that level. So I, no, I think, I, I think I, it's him. I, I agree. I, yeah. I agree. All right, so Jonathan Majors is the MVP of Creed 3. Um, look, we're not going to award people based on their, their, their personal lives. We're going to award people based on the work that they put in. And that's what happens here. So Jonathan Majors is the MVP of Creed 3, just as Todd Grisham is the LVP of Creed 3. Um... I already kind of asked the question, but where would you like to see Creed Four go? I would probably like to to have it focus more on uh, Bianca. Well, then that's not boxing. When she goes, well, I know, but why does it have to be boxing? Creed Four, World Tour. I mean, honestly, it'll probably be about the daughter. That's what That's people, probably what it'll be. Again, it's a wild-ass fucking jump to get there. Not really. How old is Michael B. Jordan? He's the same age as us. No, I think he's older. No, he's born in 87. Oh, that's disgusting. He's oh younger my. than you. He is... He's younger than you! He is 22 days younger than me. Yes. Three weeks younger than you, and look at all he's done. Look well, at that house he lived in. Well, it's a good thing I, you know, I look just like him. <laughs> oh... Ooh, from your lips to God's ears. That's, that's, that's mean. Let's hope for that. That's mean. Chris, did you see him in this movie? Yeah, I did. Look at me. <laughs> Chris, Chris, did you see? Did you? Did we watch the same movie? True story. Uh, when I was FaceTiming you and Jillian, uh, when you guys were in Miami last week, as I was waiting for you to answer the FaceTime, I was like, did I already put an Olin fat filter on? I literally thought that. I was like, <laughs> oh, no. what filter is on? I was like, oh, God, that's just what I look like oh. right now. I had so much gray, and I just had probably, like, fucking two sandwiches. And I'm just well, like... Well, why'd you have two sandwiches? Well, I didn't. I'm just highlighting the fact of how fat I thought I looked. Well, well and in this movie, Michael B. Jordan and John DeMajors have 2% body fat total between the two of them. I mean, I wouldn't complain about that, Chris. I'm saying I wouldn't complain if you had 2% body fat. I have 2% non-body fat. I, I, <laughs> I have 2% milk yeah. I just drank. <laughs> yeah. I, 
I am expired milk. <laughs> Barry Wyndham. <laughs> um, we got to get in shape. Maybe we should take a boxing. You know I've wanted for how long a fucking punching bag. I'm right here next to you. I'm not going to hit you. I'm not Jonathan Majors. <laughs> <laughs> That's been all for this <laughs> This has been RJ Hates Rap. <laughs> Um, what else on I, I, I mean, I think Oh, I just want to, this is a, a wrestling joke for everybody. The Battle of Los Angeles, PWG should, should sue. That was just for the wrestling fans listening. The final fight's called the Battle of Los Angeles, the famous wrestling tournament that Pro Wrestling Gorilla has put on for over 20 years, so. What's Pro, Pro Wrestling Gorilla? It is a independent wrestling promotion out uh, in Reseda, California, uh, where uh, all the top what, stars got Where can you name. watch it, though? You could watch, you could purchase their DVDs. Oh, oh, you but you can't watch it on, show. oh, but you can't like watch it on TV. Like, it's not broadcasted, like, on TV. Correct. Like, the boxing fights are? Correct. So, if somebody said Battle of Los Angeles, who, what do you think they'd think of? Well, it depends. No, it, they think of this, boxing match. Or they would think of the wrestling event. No, I don't think that they would. It's not, it's not well known. I don't know. I don't think they're going to ask. This isn't a family feud fucking yeah. question I'm going to survey 100 people on. You should try Or it could be the fucking Rage Against the Machine album. <laughs> it's, uh, you know, it's any of them. Uh, all right, let's score it. Um, Creed 3. I'll go first. It's better than Creed 2 because of the performances of the main three actors. Who got MVP in Creed 2? I think I gave it to Dolph Lundgren, didn't I? Let me see. I think, I think we gave it to Dolph Lundgren because of how well he played, like, Creed old conflicted. Creed 2 was Dolph Lundgren. Yeah. And the LVP uh-huh. was probably some announcer. Roy Jones Jr. Yeah, <laughs> give the announcer again. In Creed, it was Sylvester, Sylvester Stallone. Stallone. And then uh, Richie Coster. That was, like, the... Was the LVP. It's the, uh, the bearded mm-hmm. guy from The Dark Knight who was, you know, uh, the assistant at the gym or whatever. Um, the core three performances I think are the best of Tessa and Michael B. Jordan. I actually think I think Tessa Thompson's best performance is in the first Creed. I think it's in the first Creed. She, she has more to do. I think that um, this is still great. I yeah, really love her in this. But better villain, uh, I say Michael B. Jordan's direction was great for a first timer, but the first one's fucking Ryan Coogler for crying out loud. Uh, writing's a little bit better. Sorry, Joelle. Um, and. <laughs> And can't wait for they clone Tyrone. And it still has a lot of problems. I'm going to get... I'm skewing it a little higher than what I probably should rate it just based off of Jonathan Major's performance and that stylistic fight that we talked about and uh, the kid performances at the beginning of the movie. Um, I'm going to give it a six. I'm giving it a five and a half. Okay, so five point seven five. Yeah, I so I agree three. with all the points you made. I I thought it was uh, disappointing to me, but it, it because I still I honestly want to forget Creed too. It was disappointing so to me. It's disappointing to me because I wanted it to come back up to the same level as Creed one. And some of the 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 talk was uh-huh. how great uh-huh. it did and how you know how the reviews were, and I thought it was going yeah. To to achieve those heights, and to me, it just fucking didn't. Yeah, still better than Creed two overall, but not as not not a knock 
It was not knocked out of the park. It, this was like a, a double. I wouldn't say it's a double. I think it's. I think this is a a, an in, a, a an single that was legged out to me. Yeah. Yeah, and they might have scored, but you know. Sure. I don't I'm know way anything. Too deep right? on this <laughs> I don't know. I didn't know you knew that much about baseball. Yeah, I like baseball. Um, Since when? I, I liked baseball as a kid. I said I liked baseball. I did. <laughs> I liked in the past tense, not I currently like it. Okay. That's all. Thank you for no. I was gonna do the plugs. No, you're not. Uh, Thank you for listening to. No. The... Stop messing with the chair. I'm not messing with it. Next week. Oh, I didn't know you were saying something else. Yes, I'm, I always preview what's going on. Oh, go on. Is another movie in our Wrapped It Up series that I snuck in on your ass when we went to the Lakeland Antique Mall and I purchased for a dollar. Because I've never actually seen it, period. I've never seen this movie before. And I've never actually seen it on DVD. And I was like, for a dollar, I'm morbidly curious and you have to suffer through it. We're going to be watching Speed 2 Cruise Control next week. Uh, for the first time ever, you've never seen Speed 2 Cruise Control, have you? No. One of the most famous. I just know what happens on a boat. Yep, it's, it's, speed, it's speed on a boat. Uh, one of the most famously bad uh, big budget uh, summer flop sequels of all time. We're going to finally watch it next week. And then we're going to follow it up with Birdemic. And then... <laughs> Jupiter Ascending. What is my life? Wait, look, this is your, it's your fucking fault. You bought them. I bought Jupiter Ascending for you. We're going to be begging for Fast and the Furious. We were talking about, man, this year's been so good. We don't have anything in this, like, section up here. We're going to fill out this fucking one through four rating section before you know it. Um, so that's what you have to look forward to over the coming weeks here on the podcast. But until then, thank you for listening. Make sure you're going to arcadeaudio.net for this podcast and the others in our network of shows. Rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure you go to patreon.com slash arcadeaudio for bonus content. Facebook.com slash marriedmovies at marriedwmovies on Twitter. Marriedmovies at gmail.com. That's what you think of the show. For me, at host38. For you. At Jam with your Sam. Also for me, my retro wrestling diary, arcadeaudio.net slash podbloggle. I was too busy today to get stuff written, so there probably won't be a new entry this week. So next week, we will continue our journey in 1998 with Super Brawl 8. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you for... Um, this is why, earlier today, when you're like, have you watched this yet? As we were watching a wrestling show huh? talking about October 1997, I go, yes, you literally... I didn't realize you were in Every single fucking week, Chris. say the name of the show... The month and the year that we're in and what's happening I still think in that you're them. in 1995 because it took you seven years because to get out of 1995. Because you don't fucking actively listen. That's why you were bad at improv. That's why you're a bad partner. Oh my God. <laughs> I was going to make that joke. You're so mean. I hope you're you... mean. You don't listen to me. I do listen to you. I just don't give a fuck. What pay-per-view did I just say is going to be the next entry? Halloween what was the name Havoc, of it? 1998. No! <laughs> for mullets. This is mullet. Signing off for this week's episode of Married Movies. We'll catch you next time on the couch. Slash the pop bloggle. Slash the movies. What, what? I'm sorry. Tell me what show is going to be the next one. No. Please? I said it. I shouldn't have to repeat myself. But you, you should do be engaged 
in conversation and listening to me. I listen to you. No, you don't. Yes, I do. No, you don't. Ask me a question. What's my middle name? <laughs> Thank you for playing Arcade Audio. Play more at ArcadeAudio.net.